Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Sky Blue Fan TV. My name is Mark Smith. Our podcast is proudly sponsored by the uh, Sky Blue Tavern, Dylan's Brewery, CCFC Fan Store, CCFC Prince, Mr. Few Sky, Ivy Lucy Designs, and A Hawks Photography. Okay, so tonight we're going to be talking about the great uh, win yesterday, the 2 0 win against the Queen's Park Rangers. Uh, we've also brought in a, a guest, uh, Kieran, who will be talking about the Dynamo project. Um, so we'll go into a bit more detail about that and, and, and how it helps people with addiction issues and that. So we'll go into that in, in part two of our podcast. Um, we'll introduce, introduce tonight's guest. So I've got Danny White on. Hi, Danny. Are you right? Hello. Yeah, good. Thank you. Good stuff. Good stuff. And we've got Reese Small on. Hi, Reese. You right? Hey, gentlemen. You right? Yeah, not bad. Thank Very you. good. Thanks. Last but not least, we've got Kieran, who's also a Coventry City fan, but it's from the Dynamo Project. Evening, Kieran. How are you doing? Hi, guys. I'm all right. You okay? Yeah, very good, thanks. I'm a bit cold tonight. I've got my Sky Blue jumper on, but unfortunately it's not a Coventry City branded Sky Blue jumper, which is a bit annoying. But I have to go to the club shop and find something, I think, to keep myself warm. So I don't have to turn the blooming heating on, so, because obviously heating bills go up, you know, ridiculously. About. But anyway, enough about that. Let's talk about football. Um, so last yesterday was uh, Coventry City's fourth win on the spin. Um, before we go into the actual game, Danny, um, what was your views on the team lineup? A couple of changes made. Uh, Callum Doyle came to the team in place of Michael Rose, who was sort of injured from the from the Wigan game, um, and Jamie Allen came to the side, and uh, Casey Palmer was put on the bench, and obviously Liam Kelly made a return. So, all in all, was that was that the sort of team you'd have, you'd have gone for if you was Mark Robbins? Yeah, yeah, I was happy with that. Um, I think the problem playing O'Hare and Palmer in the same team is they're two they're two similar times, and 
if they if it doesn't work with sort of sixty minutes gone, you've sort of put your all your eggs in one basket, really. So I was quite happy with Palmer on the bench and Doyle can can slot into that position. Um that Rose plays. So yeah, it was I was perfectly happy with that side. No complaints at all. Yeah. Uh, Kieran, was you feeling quite positive ahead of the game yesterday? Yeah, completely agree with what Danny said. I don't think uh, O'Hare and Palmer can uh, play in the same side. Um, I think they occupy the same space, but I was happy with uh, Jamie Allen. I thought Callum Doyle did uh, very well, to be fair to him. Yeah. I, I thought the whole back three done really well, actually. Um, again, really can't remember many chances coming up. Obviously, that, that great save from Wills in the second half, but uh, I thought everyone everyone was, was fantastic yesterday. Um, Reese, was she happy with the top team lineup? Would you have changed it differently at the start of the game? No, I thought it was a fair, a fair um, eleven that he played. I think, um, like what Danny said earlier, I think having Palmer and O'Hare in the, in the side is obviously like, looks exciting, doesn't it? With both of them playing just behind Vic, but I think um, having Palmer on the bench gives us that little bit extra if we need it. If it was nil-nil going into so the last 20 minutes, it's nice to know that we can bring Palmer on to uh, to try and find us a goal. We'll give us something a little bit different. So, yeah, I thought it was um, <clears throat> it was a good um, it was a good start. Obviously, first goal in the first sort of 15 minutes, and that set the tone really. Um, but yeah, all in all, I thought it was it was um, the back three, like you say, were picked itself. Obviously, with Rose being out, um, the more I see of Panto, the more the more I like him. I think. He just goes about his business really well, um, quietly, really. He doesn't um, do anything really to, to you know, um, anything wrong, to be honest. He's, he's quite steady and goes about his business well. Yeah, I thought I thought first half we, we were really positive on the front foot. We were playing really good football. Um, I thought QPR were, I don't know, they just, they didn't look, they looked like a team. You could see they, they're a team that were, struggling for confidence really because they haven't won the last I think at least three or four games now and I think they've only scored one goal in that, in that period either so would you say Danny was a good time to play QPR yesterday? Yeah I think they haven't had the I think they had a couple of games that they lost against West Brom at home I think they lost to Huddersfield at home um, they haven't really been winning many games their managers had a lot of speculation about going to different clubs they had a couple of players that were going to uh, the World Cup as well, that Ilias chair and the goalkeeper. So are they really going to be putting in 100% in that game? A uh, bit of illness, injuries. I was super confident with the game, to be perfectly honest. Before, I I really confident. I mean, I'm sometimes a negative, bit of a negative fan, but I was really confident we'd beat QPR. I think anything I said worried about QPR was when I look at the I know the games they've lost, like um I think it was Huddersfield, they had like thirty plus attempts on, on a goal. Okay. I don't know how many of those were on target, but I don't know, I just thought it was a sort of game that I think beforehand I mean the, the, the negative side of me was thinking I'd be quite happy with a point in the on based on the back of we won two games in trot, but to pick up another win it just it just feels fantastic. I mean, Kieran, which I mean, bearing in mind the start I've had this season, you we kind of feel like I'm in dream we're in dreamland a bit, aren't we? So eleventh now in the league and we're only a couple of points off the playoffs. It's just it's just a great feeling being a fan at the moment, isn't it? Oh, it's brilliant. I can't actually remember the last time we won four games in a row. I don't know if you guys would know any better, but I can't 
Can't remember. I think it's. I think it, yeah, it was a question. Yeah, it was a question we asked um, my, my friend Jeff and um, Martin. I travel with regularly to the games. We asked exactly the same question. I think it was when we won the championship. I'm going to say in um, in the League One season. I, think, I don't. We, we I haven't think, done that in the championship. We haven't done it in the championship. I don't think for. I think it was about 20 years. I think, um, but I'm sure we did it in the League One um, season in our first season back in that league. I think we did do it then, but not in the championship for, for a good good while. No, but in the championship winning season, I think in the league one, we would have done four games in the top. Uh, potentially, potentially, yeah. But in the championship, we haven't done it for a long time. Yeah. But nevertheless, I mean, Kieran, you know, four wins in the spin. I mean, how far do you think this team can go this season? I think it depends on a lot of our factors that probably that we might not be able to control in terms of if we lose anybody in January. I think the World Cup breaks come out completely the wrong time for us. But to go into yeah. it four wins on a in a row is absolutely amazing. And I thought the fans were were amazing. I was reading the QPR yeah. fans forum and they were so complimentary of, of this. They didn't stop singing for the whole game. It was no. amazing. Yeah, I was in the East End. The atmosphere was buzzing. Not not in the singers' corner, mostly, but yeah, the fans were. You know, and I think what what's great about the fans is when even the periods of the game where QPR was just starting to get a little bit of momentum in the second half, they got not 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 necessarily creating chances, but winning corners, winning free kicks. I thought the fans were right behind the team. They got right behind the players, and I think they were definitely felt like our twelfth man yesterday. They were just magnificent. I thought. Um, yeah, they're absolutely, they're absolutely brilliant. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was great to see. I was going to read out some comments here. So, if you want to leave any comments, um, obviously, please do um, on our on our Twitter, um, Facebook, or YouTube channel. I was going to read out a few comments. Um, I think uh, more mix-ups like our theme tune, "Go for It." See, yeah, I think we all love that. I, I keep humming at my head all the time. Um, Glenn Watkin, great win and su- superb team effort yesterday. Absolutely spot on with that. Uh, the official Flame Esports team, great to finish our run of games for the World Cup on a win. Very solid again. We make QPR look very average. Uh, Reese, was you surprised by how poor QPR were, or not really? I was actually because you look at the quality they've got, you know, in chair. I think, um, you know, Dykes up top can, can score goals as well. I think that's just just credit to how we set up. I mean, we're playing differently from last year, but you know, we, we haven't got the same teams last year. But you look at you know, the, the, the job Ben Sheaf done yesterday, I think he, he doesn't get spoke about enough. I know. There was critics from the start of last season and maybe the season he was on loan. But I mean, what a player! I mean, to keep chair that quiet all game, uh, you got you got to look at Gus Hamer as well. For me, he was man of the match yesterday. I know Vic scored two goals, but Hamer was everywhere yesterday. I mean, he covered every blade of grass. Um, every time there was maybe a little mistake or um, they found a little gap, Hamer was there just to mop it up. A little last ditch tackle or header away so I was um, I was surprised because like, like you said they um, the game up against Huddersfield they had 36 shots and to be honest the game yesterday Ben, ben Milson made one one good save and apart from that I don't actually remember QPR having an effort on goal I mean they might have had a couple a couple of yards wide or you know but there was nothing really threatening that there was they had a, a spell uh, for about 20 minutes in the game when I thought right maybe we need to make a few subs just to freshen the legs a little bit. But even then, it was just possession. Um, the odd corner here and there. But 
they didn't threaten us. And I think that's probably more down to us than them. So, yeah, as much as I thought QPR weren't that great, I think, like we had a comment saying we made QPR look average, I think it's just how we set up now. And, you know, McFadstein's been fantastic again. And, you know, for his age and how, how many games he's playing, I think he, he deserves all the plaudits as well. Yeah. Got a comment here for you, Danny, from the Fessa. I only just joined. Danny, are you convinced, are you, are you convinced now that Fads is still good enough? What's your response to that? Uh, again, I'm not going to lie. I said at the beginning of the season that Fads was sort of a liability at the back, but he's yesterday and for the majority of the season has been absolutely incredible, to be honest. And yesterday was the best performance I've ever seen him play for us. I mean, he, he was having challenges with players, but uh, he wasn't knocking the ball into touch. He was knocking the ball to his like the, the, the next central defender. He was just absolutely incredible. He had that one little miss kick uh, in the game, which yeah. he got away with. But he even went on that run where he nearly scored himself. And I think it was the whole game where I sort of was a bit annoyed with him. But since that game at Hull, the guy's just been incredible. It's just everything. He blocks everything. And you can see him sort of marshalling his, the two lads either side of him. Um, but no, I've, I was totally wrong. I've, I said we'd finish. I said I'd be ecstatic if we finished fourth from bottom early season, and I said about McFazdin. So I've been totally wrong. So what do I know? <laughs> well, yeah, I think I think it just it was just the way the season was going. I think a lot of it, a lot of things going against us with the off-field pitch issues and individual. I think it's just individual mistakes that really kind of cost us points at the start of the season. Whereas I think now. What Frank McFadden's doing really well is he's reading the game well. He's anticipating. He hasn't got the pace. Everyone kind of knows that. But what he does do is he he, he can anticipate play really well. So he, he kind of makes up that with his intelligence. I think he, he's a very, very intelligent defender. And I think the way him and Rosa play, and I, th- I would definitely would consider um, you know, offering another contract because um, I know they're both out of contract after this season. So it'll be interesting to see what, what the club will decide to do with them because I think they've been integral to... Um, a lot of our sort of positive results, not obviously it's, it's a team effort, but those those two and Panzo at the back have been absolutely superb. And um, yeah, I'd be interested to see what happens. I guess the only slight blemish from yesterday was McFadden got a yellow card, and that's his fifth yellow, isn't it? So I think he's out for the Reading game, if, if that's correct. I think. Yeah, I believe so. so. Yeah, so that's, that was a slight disappointment. Um, Kieran, I just want to bring you into um, another player who's in banging form, and that's Victor Jokeres. Um, another two, another couple of goals yesterday. Uh, I thought the first goal was really good play from O'Hare. He was, he was involved in both goals, in, in fairness. But it was the fact that O'Hare never gave up the situation because he could easily have just given it up and keeper got a goal kick. He managed to get on the byline. Uh, a nice little dummy, should I say, from uh, Jamie Owen, which obviously wasn't it was a nice little miss kick and, um, and, and <laughs> hits, it, hits it off. Do you know, I thought in Vic's goal, I thought literally he was going to blast it over the bar. I couldn't believe he actually went on the other side of the bar and went in because I didn't think it was a great shot from Vic. He was... A, but it doesn't matter. If it goes in, it goes in, doesn't it? So, yeah, it's a great. I thought um, O'Hare did really well to keep it in, but that's just typical O'Hare, isn't it? He, doesn't, he never gives up. And um, what I liked about Vic's goal is that little turn he did just before he shot. He sort yeah. of turned on the outside, and then the shot yeah. very nearly. The, I thought it was going to go over too, but I was, I was sort of sitting looking right at, it and I was ecstatic when it went in. But that yeah. that turn just before the finish, that that's what made the goal possible. 
and he's very good at that big. Yeah, it, it's yeah. I mean, he's it was it was a great goal, um, and you can see. I mean, Reece, you can see the player in form. He looks confident, but it's not just his goals he scores, but it's also the work he does off the off the ball. He's strong. Um, he's got pace. He's a defender's nightmare, isn't he? He fights the life out of defenders. You can see the fear on their face, on their face when he gets the ball, and he's just so direct. He just yeah. when he runs at defenders, you can see they naturally drop back two or three yards. And the good thing is with Vic, he's not predictable because a lot of strikers, you know, you, you can watch and you know they're going to shimmy to the right or the left. But with Vic, you don't know where he's going to go, even when he's got um, you know the ball uh, back to goal, and he'll try a little dummy sometimes, and the defender won't read it or. It'll spin right and spin left. He's, he's impossible to mark. I mean, he's for me, he's one of the best all-round strikers we've had for a long time, for a long time. And, you know, like you said, um, like Kieran was saying on the first goal, that little turn, I mean, he, he put Clark Salt on the seat of his pants, didn't he? It was, it was literally in that split second where he shimmied it to the right. It was brilliant, really good. And like you say, O'Hare as well involved in both goals. I think I'll speak for every City fan to say, you know, how relieved we are that he's back. And, you know, it, you say the break's come at the wrong time, but I personally think it's come at the right time because we've we still got injuries. We've been playing without, we've had, a, we've had a bug that's obviously gone through the camp and it's been well documented. I think McFadden said on the radio yesterday that the Blackpool game, there was seven players that, who started the game that shouldn't have played at all. So I think that just shows the the will with these players and they're just they're just one group now you can see when they celebrate together it's just like a big family aren't they and yeah go, just going back on Vic I mean it's worrying because come January I think there's going to be a lot of Premier League teams in the bottom half of the table who are desperate for a striker and I think it's going to be very very difficult to keep him but I hope we keep him but you know with with the off the off-field situation going on and, and it looks like CC are going to play hardball if, if Mike Ashley comes in and wants to um, put an offer in for us and that that could be a bit of a, a sticking point because if CC is still in charge in January, I believe one of one of the big four, because I believe Chief's one of the big four as well, um, including Hamer, O'Hare and Vic, I think they're going to sell one of them and I don't want that to come across negative. I just genuinely believe that CC are going to cash in on somebody because they know that offers are going to be on the table. Yeah. So I read out a comment here from Fessa D about regarding Jokerez saying that I generally think that Jokerez is gone in January. At this point, for me, any assist and goals that he gets are just adding value to the price tag. He is an all-round striker that any team would want. I think that is the biggest fear we have all as City fans. Um, Danny, what's, what's your view on Jokerez and, and the potential trend? I mean, hopefully there isn't a potential trend situation, but I mean, that, that's the only slight downside, but it's a compliment to us that we're playing so well that, you know, there's possible rumours of clubs have been interested, but we don't really know. It's just speculation, of course. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the guy, really. I mean, I was I, I liked him as soon as we got him, but he can single-handedly bully three or four defenders on his... He can have a back line on strings on his own. Um, and he just seems to be getting better and better. Um, I think we're going to struggle to keep him, to be honest. I think I can't see him signing a new contract. He's going to have 18 months left on his deal in January. I can't see him signing anything at all. I, I think he potentially could go. Um, but we need to be 
we need to be careful with all of our players, really, because like they've all got all our top players are going to have eighteen months left in January, and if they if they go into the last year with their contracts, then their values are going to dip. So we we just need to sort of get as many goals. Vic needs to get as many goals as he can, and if a silly bid comes in for 15, 20, 25 million, then we can't really stop the guy, can we really? I'm going to a, a Premier League or European club, but it's just how much of that money, if we do sell him, is Robbins actually going to get? So, in, in theory, really, the, the the fee would be irrelevant. It's what Robbins would get to, to strengthen the side, but I, I can't see him signing the contract. I just think he's... He wants he wants to go to a bigger club, really, and he, but he's he's doing all he can for us. Um, no, I just can't see I can't see him signing an extension like we've had with O'Hare or um, Hamer. Um, but Barry, see, I Barry Fry used to have a a rule where he would say once a player hits top form, you need to think about selling him because we had it with Mifsud that time. Michael Mifsud was like scoring all those goals and things like that. And we could have got a lot of money for him at one stage. We just need to be careful that we don't end up losing Vic for, for peanuts. Yeah. yeah. Con- contract run, well, his contract runs down. If we're sort of stubborn and don't want to sell him, and then we'll have an unhappy player on our hands as well. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit of a difficult situation, really. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll bring Kieran in for his thoughts in a minute. I was going to bring out a few more comments um, regarding Vic. Uh, more mix-ups. I don't don't want to say it, but I hope Ashley buys the ground the club and offers Vic, Hamer, Hay and Sheep a new contracts. And if we don't go up, they can leave in the summer. That's that's his thoughts. Um, Glenn says we need two or three options lined up to replace Vic, either loans or permanent deals. Um, and he goes on to say, I think Vic knows the level of club he wants to go to. I don't think he'll go to a bottom-half Premier League side. Um, I think that one more from Sky Bissan. Could could Vic staying to the end of the season continue and continue on form, even go to a big, big, big side of the Champions League, playing in Champions League? Um, Kieran, what's your thoughts on Jokeres? I mean, this the overall situation regarding his future at the club. I think he would go to a team in the bottom half of the Premier League. I think if they get an if a player gets an opportunity to play in the Premier League, they're always going to take it. I'd imagine because if they lose form or something, because uh, six months is a long time in football. So he's on top of his game now. If he has a trout come towards the summer, his options will be less. I think if he has an offer to go to the Premier League, he'll be gone straight away. But like Danny, Danny said, it's uh, it's not so much the fear of leaving, it's the not knowing what would happen with the funds raised from his sale. If yes. they were put back into the squad to add a bit of depth to the squad and make us uh, a stronger squad, then you could it'd be, it'd be okay. But I have doubts whether they'd do that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a, it, I, I, it's one of those ones where, in, a, in an ideal world, we, we keep him to end the season, and, and then if, you know if we don't get promoted, then you know off he goes. But I take Danny's point about if you leave it a little bit too long, then the value might go down, and then we're in a position where we're selling an asset for for less value than what we could have sold back in January. So it's a slight catch twenty two. Um, I mean, I'm. It's, it's it's a hard one. I I would like to I like to, like to see him stay maybe see him the season. That's just my view as a supporter. But I think it also stems to the situation with Mike Ashley and and where he acquires the ground and acquires the club because then that might change things a little bit. 
we might be in a slightly stronger position um, in terms of we could offer Jokeres an improved contract or we could offer him a contract where if, if evaluation gets like a clause, the evaluation gets met, it might trigger the clause and then, then he, he, he's free to go. But it's, I think it's just, I think, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of a positive that we're talking about. It's a, it's a confidence of it, it's confidence of the club that we're playing well because at the start of the season, we were like, I think we're going down this season and that, there's a lot of negativity, whereas now it's, 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 it's a lot more positive. Um, but I think I, I just hope that we can keep him because I think you know losing him, we just don't have anyone else who can do the, the job that Vic can do. I mean, I look at the other strikers. Tyler Walker is not is is not good enough at Championship level, in my opinion. Um, Godden's obviously injured, and we've got Tavares, who's is inexperienced, and that that's that's the biggest problem for me is how do you replace him? Because you can get twenty five million for Jokeres, but what's to say that we don't get a lot of that money? You know. It goes back to season. We get nothing to play with, and then we're, what do we do then? And that, that to me, is not that's not great. But you know, if he gets goals between now and January, and he gets us up to say, I don't know, 35, 40 points, then we're pretty much safe. You know, that's not we're not going to go down. But I do, I do, I do worry about an offer coming in for him. But I think the club have got to got to be strong and say, you know, they've got to, they've got to have a target amount and not selling the peanuts. That's just what I'm worried about anyway. I think what you've got to look at, Mark, as well, is all it takes him to get injured as well. Um, yeah. You know, we, we can see Godden, who's out for, for months, more than weeks. We've seen O'Hare pull up in training doing a, you know, a silly little back heel that, that will never, has never happened before. So I think we've got to worry about that. Um, and as well, the fans. I mean, you've got to look at it is if Sisu Selvik... And the, the fans and the players have such a great relationship this season. I just think the fans could easily turn. I mean, if it gets sold in January and, you know, Robbins doesn't get much of the money, which we all know that's not going to happen anyway, as much as we would like to think we can rebuild with Vic's money. We know what Cecil and Joy is like. Um, I, I, I just can't. I just don't want the fans to then turn on the players because all it will take is a couple of bad results at home or we lose we lose a couple in a row. And next thing, the, the fan base has gone from, you know, getting 23,000 yesterday and loving the football, four wins in a row, you know, the amount of clean sheets we've got. Um, and, it, and it can turn with a flip of a coin. So I think we've got to be really careful about it. And obviously we've covered everything else about what Vic would want to do. Um, I think it's, it's clear that uh, Jokeres will... He, he wants to play at a higher level, and the, the way he's playing, he deserves to play at a higher level. I don't think we'll ever begrudge him with that. But you know, if we could offer him a contract, a bit like what we did for Hyam or like say O'Hare and Hamer, maybe if we say to him, "Look, sign another year on top of what you got, and we'll promise you that anything there's a release clause in there of 15, 18 million, whatever the money will be or the valuation will be, then we can say we'll honour you to go, and, and that's what we'll do for you." So. That will give Vic the incentive to keep playing the way he's playing. He won't sulk. You think, you know, I, I want it's the dangling that little carrot of saying if you keep scoring goals like you are, you're always going to get um, teams interested. So yeah, there, there's a few little options, but I do think we have to be careful with it because you know the fan the fans could quite easily turn with a couple of bad results if we've sold him and not really replaced him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my biggest concern, but. Going back to yesterday's game, Kieran, I mean, I thought the second goal we scored was 
just at the right time, wasn't it? Because I thought, I mean, just just killed the game. Because you, I always feel when we're a bit nervous at one 0 and you just feel like you know all it takes is one bit, one mistake, and, and it's one one. But I thought the goal from Victor, not just the goal from him, but the move and the pass on from O'Hare was just absolute quality. Wasn't it? it was just a fantastic goal. Oh, it's a brilliant goal. Uh, O'Hare is brilliant at that, but look, QPR thought we were getting a bit more in the game at that point. They they reminded me of Blackburn. They were they were very they seemed quite decent between the boxes, but nothing really dangerous. So and their defending was very poor. But um, I thought Vic was offside when I first seen it. I looked straight at the line out, but the flag stayed down, so I was quite relieved. But great goal, great finish, and that that did kill the game. He should have had a yeah. third as well. It was a good save by the keeper, though, wasn't it? I mean, it's probably straight. Yeah, I've been giving Eccles a hard time all game about his delivery. And I was just telling my mate, how come he can't cross the ball? And then five seconds later, he whipped in that beauty right on the money. But uh, yeah. unfortunately, he missed. Well, in fairness to Eccles, though, he did, he did sell Alan for that goal in midweek, didn't he? I think. Um, yeah, yeah. But his crossing yesterday was abysmal. But then yeah. out of nowhere, he whipped in that beauty. And Jokeres couldn't yeah. have had any better to get a hat trick. Yeah. But I guess you have to say of Eccles, it's not his natural position. He's, midfield is his best position, I would say. Um, yeah, what does that say? What does that say about Todd Kane then? Because he can't get in ahead. Yeah. That's, that's his position, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's that's what I've been saying as well. I, I don't know about Todd Kane. I just think clearly Robinson. Something going on there behind the scenes, I think. Yeah, there's been a lot of speculation about that. Um, you know, it's um, it's an interesting one. Um, but to be fair to Eccles, he's done a really good job. You know. Not just him, but Jack Burrows, we played that game against Wimbledon, has done really well as well. And I think, you know, it's it's good to see that young, the, the the kids who are coming through the ranks are, are really making strides. I think it, it, it's quite clear to me that Kane's fallen out of favour with Robbins about something behind the scenes. Um, you know, I think I think he'll be he'll, he's a backup player, but I don't I don't see him really being a foreseeable starter really, unless unless we get injuries. Um, I but, think if um, we had two. Uh, I think our full-backs are sometimes a little bit lacking. If we had better, better wing-backs, I think we'd, we'd do better. Cause I think Bidwell, I don't really know what he does, but he's very steady, I suppose, but he doesn't really offer much going forward. No, I think he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a defender. He's a left-back, isn't he? He's a left-back on a 4-4-2, if you've got a midfield yeah. in front of him, but he's not a wing-back on a, on the formation we play. But with Bidwell, he, he can also play centre-half as well as, as a cover. So he gives you that bit of flexibility. But that's that's a... I think that's an area of, of the side where a little bit weaker, I think, on the left-hand side, although I thought Burroughs, um, from the performance of Watford, really looked, looked really good. So that gives me a bit of hope, but that's that's an area I feel we, we could strengthen. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, I just, I mean, just looking at the bigger picture, Danny, obviously another win yesterday. What's, you know, what, what can we achieve this season as a club? Well, uh... My, 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 I've changed my mind now. I actually think we could finish top half, possibly in the playoffs. Because you look at our, we're only sort of two points off the top six now. We've got, I think, two games in hand, three get three points behind the likes of Norwich and teams like that. I just think we can we can be the, the top six side. I don't think there's that many brilliant teams in the league. I, I mean, I've, I've missed a few home games this season, but there's some poor sides in that championship, really poor sides. And I think we, on our day, our, our first 11 can beat any team in that league. 
I mean, you've only got to look at the victories we've had against the likes of Watford, Blackburn. We shouldn't have lost to Burnley, really. We should have got a draw against Burnley. Um, so I think we can we can finish quite high. I think January is important, really. If we can if we can add two or three players in January and try and keep hold of our big stars. Um, and th- don't forget, we're doing this without like Dabo, Godden, our club captain Kelly. Although he's not going to be playing every week, we've got so many players out, and it's just incredible, really, how we're getting these results. I mean. I can't believe I'm sitting here now, six weeks ago, I'm sitting there looking at, I, I couldn't look at the league table. I just could not look at the, my phone because we were just bottom of the table and it's it's just yeah. absolutely unreal. Like I had some person message me yesterday. He's been a fan as long as me. I've been a fan 35 years. He said this is the best, yesterday was the best ever atmosphere he'd been to a Coventry game and he's been in the Premier League and things like that. Now, it might have been exaggerating, but yesterday I thought the fans were absolutely incredible. From the first minute to the 90th minute in that game, the fans were unreal. And they were even singing from different stands, like the, not just the, not just in the corner. There were songs kicking off in the other corner. And it's yeah. just, I'm, I'm so glad we got a result yesterday in front of 23,000. And a lot of them fans were probably going, were new fans that hadn't been this season. So they're now want, going to want to come again. So it's just, I can't believe that the turnaround is just unreal. Yeah, I mean, I, my, my view of the turnaround, I think I think, I think think Carol O'Hare has been a massive factor, massive reason behind the turnaround. I think um, why, why I noticed at the start of the season, like in the games that I saw, like the Burnley game as an example, we were very direct side. We played a lot of a lot of balls to, um, to Jokeres. And sometimes he'd win the ball and other times he'd lose it. And then we were on the back foot. We lose the ball and then we have to defend. Whereas now when he watch us play, you know, it's a lot more incisive, the passing. It's going to O'Hare and it's good It's good movement. It's good one-touch football. We, um, and we, we're pulling teams around left, right and centre. We, we look aside, like the team that I saw at the start of last season when we were, you know, in a similar position. And I think that that's a difference. I think Cameron O'Hare's made a big difference. I think... Um, I think possibly Ben Wilson has helped as well because obviously Simon Moore got dropped early on the season and and Wilson has done a he's done a he's, he's done a decent job he's made he made you know again he made an important save yesterday when it was one 0 to us and, and I think defensively we're, we're better as I said as I said earlier I thought Fadzine's positional play has been really good um, he had, he's not blessed with pace but what he does do is he gets into the right position he puts a block in but you know I think all the defence has been good I think Rose has done well and, and Doyle. Hands I think they've all been really good signs. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think my biggest fear, as we as we touched on before, is is, is January. I think if we can get through January unscathed in terms of not losing players, I'm not really bothered about bringing players in. I'm more worried about if we lose players. And I think that's the thing I'm worried about the most. If we can keep the core players, then I think at minimum we can get mid-table and why not look at pushing for, for playoffs? Because I think looking at, if you look at our results this season, we've beaten... Quite a lot of those sides that are in the top top six in the league, you know. So it, it shows that we can compete with these sides. It's just, it, I'm pleased that we've beaten the likes of Wigan because they're the sort of teams you've got to beat. You got, you know, they're bread and butter wins, and I'm glad we didn't lose those games. But I'm, I'm fairly optimistic. But I just think for me, January is the critical part of the season. If we can get as much as many points as we can before January, 
then who knows? You know, anything's possible in this league. That's, that's my view. Um, Reese, what's, what's your sort of overall sort of anything we'll do this season? You know, based on the games you've seen. Well, I think um, last season we, we were out the blocks early, weren't we? And we thought, you know, minimum playoffs or it was real good buzz. You know, we were beating Fulham and teams like that. And then we sort of just tailed off a little bit. I think this season, you look at the pitch issues, you've looked at injuries, illnesses. You know, like you said, Godden's been out, Dabo. We've had to play Eccles at right wing back. Um, play Doyle on, on the right. Uh, of the back three, considering he's left-footed, you know, there's there's been a lot of um, issues that could have could have really affected Robbins and his side, you know, and for them to just all stand up collectively as you know the manager, uh, the players, and they just they're, they're fighting for each other, and I think we as well. I think Hamer coming back in after his suspensions. I mean, he got he got sent off twice, and we we were all questioning, you know. Is he is he going to come back into the side? Is he is he the player we all think he is? And I think he's he's been magnificent since he's come back. He, he hasn't lost that edge to his play, but he's not. He doesn't seem to be on the wrong side of play as much. You know, he, he does press high, but he doesn't seem to be getting them silly little bookings now. Where before he would find himself in the wrong position, and then he would just give away a tactical fail. So I think play, having Hamer in there, you know, Allen's the the workhorse, he, he, he covers a lot of ground. But I think um, Chief and Hamer have, have built a really good chemistry in there. So I think that's obviously helped. Uh, but this season, I mean, I, um, I said, let's see where we are at Christmas, even when we were rock bottom at one point. I thought it was a long way to go. We're taking it game by game, very cliche, but we are, I think. And um, I can see, yeah, mid-table, top 10, I'd be really happy with considering... You know the lack of the lack of funds that we've got, the the um, the lack of revenue due to missing three Saturday games. So yeah, I think I think mid table would be great. And if let's have a look where we are in February. Like you said earlier, depending on if we've sold anybody or we've managed to keep them, uh, keep the key players. I think if we if we're in February and we've kept the likes of Vic Hamer O'Hare, then I just think we've got nothing to lose because I think we'll stay up. I don't think that would be the issue. I just think if we if we stay in and around where we are at the moment, like I say, with six points off playoffs, I think, and two games in hand, so we're within touching distance. Let's just let's just keep pushing. And I, like like Danny said, I think now our starting eleven, I, I don't think there's many teams that that we can't we can't give a hard game. You know, you've you've got um, Sheffield United. You know the amount the amount of money that. That they've spent, you know, some of their players, and you know, you could talk about Burnley just coming down, spending money. Um, I just think we should be proud of them. I just that we're a small squad. Um, you know, Eccles, we can talk about. I still, I'm still not 100% comfortable with him playing at white wing back, but the lad doesn't give up. He made a couple of mistakes yesterday, and he come back. He keeps fighting. He's hitting tackles. You know, his distribution wasn't great. Agree with Kieran, but then he whips in a, a decent ball. So, you know, Bidwell as well, he's, um, he, defensively, I don't, I haven't seen him get skinned or, you know, get, get beaten well. No, I, I haven't seen a winger this year that's actually got the better of him, you know, when you think, oh, Bidwell's having a nightmare. So, you know, just picking out player performances so far this season, I think if we keep the consistency going, then why not? Let's just go for it. Let's just get to a certain amount of points 
and think, right, now we're safe. Let's just go for it and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. As the song goes, go for it, go for it, see, is, is the thing. Yeah. So, you know, but um, I'm just going to come to a comment here. Skyby Sam, um, shame we've got a break now. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit like that. I wish we didn't have a break, but. Hopefully Dabo Rose and Wacons get fifth the Reading game. I don't. I think. I think probably out of the three, I'd say Rose is probably the, the most likely to be fit. I would would be surprised if Dabo and Wacon come back for that game. Um, Kieran, over to you. I mean, where do you think? What what can we achieve this season, in your view? I think from where we were to where we are now, it's absolutely it's absolutely amazing. And I. I I don't think, like last season, I didn't think we'd ever get in the playoffs, but they always kept you interested. They always kept on that on that hook, didn't they? I think right until the Bournemouth game at home, we were we were pretty uh, close to the playoffs. But I think mid-table, with the start that we've had, all the off-field drama, I think mid-table in the Championship would be a fantastic season. And that's where I expect us to finish. But with Cobb, they'll probably keep us, uh, keep teasing us in the playoffs until about March time. And then we'll probably... We'll probably fall short, but to even be talking about the playoffs is amazing. If you yeah. go back six, seven weeks, we wouldn't have even dreamt of talking about it. So I'm very happy. And like, uh, I went to Reading away last year and we won 3 2. So is that our first game back after the World Cup? That is, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, you know, that'd be hopefully we get a good three points there. That was a great away day that was last year. So I might go again if I get a ticket. Oh, I'm 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 going to that one as well because I, I don't know I just I think I think I'm just on the crest riding the crest of a wave as, as, as we all are a bit so I just think I, I just think December 10th can't come soon enough really because um, I, I I'm a bit I mean on a separate subject I'm a bit peed off that the World Cup's on at this time of year I wish it's on in the summer but you know that's a separate thing it's I, I suppose the other on the flip side of the coin it, it gives the opportunity to get some players back uh, fit um, but. The way we play at the moment, I don't want to break. I just want us to keep playing and, um, you know, keep getting any results because I just feel, you know, this is probably the best we've played, let's say the best we've played all season. Um, but we just look aside for the confidence. And I don't know, I just I just feel like if we can keep these these players, you know, the O'Hares, the Yokares, Hamers, the Ben Chiefs, if we can just keep those players just for the, till the end of the season... I, I just think who knows if you can keep them fit as well, then anything's possible. I, I, I still I'm I think realistically I think probably mid table would, would would still be a good season if I'd be honest because I don't think I think the thing that might cost us a playoff I, I fear is is the, is the squad depth. We don't have a big squad of players. We have a couple of injuries, suspensions. I feel like we're a little bit we are struggling a bit for players, but. Anything could happen in this league. You know, teams are beating each other. I think that you know, if I look at the championship as a whole, I think the quality of the league isn't as strong as last season. I think if you look at the sides that have come up from, from last season, I thought Bournemouth were an outstanding side. Uh, Fulham, were, Fulham were decent, although we've, we've done a double over them. Um, Forests were okay, but I think the sides coming down, I'd say Burnley are probably the best thing. Obviously, the league table will tell you they're the best team. But you look below that, everyone everyone's losing games. You know, there's there's... It's a very open league this year, so I think why can't we not get to the playoffs? But this kind of, I just, I think it, the key for me is is January. If we can get through January, and not lose our key players, then you know we've got a chance. If, if we lose, if we lose, a, if we lose a Yokerez, then I don't, I don't, I think we'll probably be bottom half the table. But I don't think we'll go down. But I think overall, I think 
the job that Robbins is doing and, and the coaching staff is incredible. And um, in my opinion, Robbins is the most important asset at the club because, you know, if you keep him, you know, you, you just feel like you just, you just feel like you can trust whatever he does. He, of course, he has some, he's made some not so good signings, but he's got more right and wrong. And look at where we are from League Two to the Championship. And, and it'd be great to get our club back to the Premier League because that's, that's what we all want. But I don't know. I think financially it would be great to get back to the Premier League, but I don't know. I just I, we just don't have the the squad depth. I don't think to compete in the Premier League right now. If if he's, if he was to get promoted, that's that's my biggest sort of fear, really. But it's all it's all kind of you know wishful thinking, I guess. But it, it, I think I think anything can happen this season. I just think I think the Championship's a very very open league. I don't know what your thoughts are. Are there any other teams that really impressed you this season, guys? Sort of. Up, I mean, Burnley for me is probably the best team I've seen, and I thought Norwich were really good until they've had a, they've had a wobble as well. So it's just a, it's just a strange old league this year, isn't it? Everyone's having sort of dips in form. You know, you're thinking, look at Blackburn; they've sort of they're hit and miss, and Norwich and uh, sort of hit and miss, and Bristol were sort of winning games, and then they've dropped down. Everyone's been everyone. Like if you look at the points, I think it's probably going to be a bit higher than your. Your 42s, 43s to stay up, it's probably going to be about 50 points. But I, I think realistically, if you look at the bottom six, the bot apart from West Brom, they'll be the teams that are that'll be fighting to stay up. Um, probably Burnley will get automatic, uh, potentially with Sheffield United, and I think the playoffs are, are really open again. QPR started off really well there, dipping in form. It, it really is so close, back to back wins and playing games like so quickly you can you can turn it around so much but it is a it is an open league and I think we've we have got a chance we've got we just got to keep going really I mean we've played some like I say we've beat some decent sides in this league already and we can continue I mean if we can get as many points up until sort of New Year's Day I mean again I said a couple of I said about a month ago I'd if we can get 23 points by New Year's Day I'd be sort of reasonably happy but we're gonna we're on twenty nine now, so if we can get say up to thirty six, thirty seven by sort of New Year's Eve, we probably could even get more because I think four of the next six games I think are are at home and we're at home we're sort of formidable at the moment. So yeah, we can. You just never know. You just never know that we were almost doing what Forest in that season when they sort of went from bottom to sort of playoffs and got promoted but if you look at our points total compared to last season we're only three points off it yeah. so we had to, so it's it's amazing how we've, we've 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 caught up and we had that we we're having that sort of dip last season at this at this stage we were we weren't as good as we were at the beginning so and we've still got two games in hand on teams as well so if you i say put another three points on our total i think we'll win We'll probably beat Huddersfield at home. Not that I want to get ahead of my, myself. And I think we'll get a result against West Brom. So you're looking at three to four minimum on our total, which puts yeah. us probably in fourth or fifth. Yeah. I think I think we win both our games. I think we'll be in fourth. Um, I think West Brom probably on paper is probably the harder game to two, purely because um, I think if we were playing West Brom with Steve Bruce as manager, I'd say I'd be a bit more confident. But... If you look at West Brom, they've had a couple of 
decent results. They won against QPR and they've beaten Stoke yesterday. So they've had a couple of... It looks like their form starting to turn around under Corbran. Was one of them a great overhead kick yesterday, West Brom? Yeah, it was a fantastic goal. Their second goal, I think that was, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen that. Yeah. I mean, I was looking... I was looking at... We've got a few tough fixtures in, in January, but then I was looking at fixtures in February and March and... I was looking at, well, for two months, these fixtures that were popping up. And I, I was looking at them thinking, realistically, we can win. Every one of those games we go into, we can win. I don't think we're playing anyone like Watford, Sheffield United or Burnley. It's all your likes of Halls, Millwalls, Wiggins, Huddersfields. Right. Uh, I just... You say Millwall's, but Millwall are in the playoffs. So you look at Millwall, and that, that that could be a massive game because we should have, we should, have, to be honest, every game we've lost this yeah. season, we should have got something out of. We gifted Hull their win, we gifted yeah. Millwall their win. Um, we shouldn't have lost to Burnley. We lost by literally one goal. Preston, we should never have lost against. We haven't. The only real game we've actually deserved to lose was probably Norwich, where they beat us three 0 Yeah. yeah. We gave away yeah, Black, silly Blackpool beat us. Blackpool, yeah. Blackpool, yeah. And in fairness, Blackpool sort of they should have been three or four and up after the first half. So but we had a an injury list and illness and things like that in that game. So yeah, it's it's not looking too bad for us. That's how mad this league is, because uh, I thought Rotherham were one of the better teams I've seen at the Rico this year. Yeah. I think it's surprised a lot of people. And they went and, yeah. and they went away and beat um, Sheffield United in midweek. Yeah, yeah. their left back was very good. Yeah, yeah. Brammer was quality. He went, he went off injured, but he was. Uh, I wouldn't mind him for Cobb. He was very good. And they had a centre yeah. midfielder who was very good. Barassa set up both their goals. Yeah, Barassa. I want to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at the way Bramwell scored that first goal against us. That his speed was incredible. He, he, yeah. He was uh, too fast. I think it was Eccles playing right back. He just completely going for pace. Or no, that's your Dabber actually. Dabber. I think that's, 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 that's when Dabber that That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one would have caught him. Yeah, no, he, 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 he looked he looked quick. But yeah, Rotherham have been a, a kind of surprise package this season. They've done pretty well. I think Sunderland have. Um, I think they've kind of been as kind of I expect Sunderland to be this season. I think they're pretty solid Championship side. I think they'll they will stay up. I think the sides coming up have actually stronger than the sides that we went down. If you look at the bottom of the championship, I would say it's a stronger bottom part of the championship than it was last season. There's not there's no real whipping boys as such. Even Huddersfield I wouldn't say are whipping boys because even they're picking up points. You know, like last season you had Peterborough who were getting beaten week in, week out. Uh Derby County were, were losing quite regularly and obviously the point deduction didn't help their calls. Um, whereas this season, you've got Wigan have come up and they've been pr- okay that they're in the bottom of three. I, I know they've got rid of their manager, but they're still pretty competitive. Um, who else? Sunderland, as, as I mentioned, and Rotherham have, have both held their own quite easily. So it, I just think the top half of the league is that's is the interesting bit because I think there isn't really, I wouldn't even say Burnley on an outstanding side. I think they're a very good side. A good, they play a very good pressing game. And that's the thing that, that, that we lost to against, Brent, against Burnley, shall I say, because we just didn't have an answer to them. And there was just that one bit of quality that undone us in that game, really. So, you know, but I think um, overall, I'm I'm really optimistic about um, this season, but I'm just, I'm always, there's always that, there's always that fear about losing players. And I think, you know, that's the thing I'm worried about, you know, in some ways, 
if 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 Yokris gets a little injury that might put him off to January, February, doesn't get that transfer, then we get to keep him, don't we? But I mean, that's just who, who would you rather lose, Yokris or Robbins? Um, I, I still I still say Yokris because I think you know with 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 Robbins, he's I think he'll you. you I think he's still the most important asset of the club, but I take the question. Yeah, I, I'd still go Mark Robbins because he just he, he always seems to make the right decisions. He he sees things that we don't always see, and then when you he see took off O'Hare and Palmer, Palmer the other night, didn't he? And I I couldn't yeah. believe why he took him off, and then we yeah, won two 0 So <laughs> yeah, that shows what yeah. I know. Well, that's why he gets paid the money to be the, <laughs> yeah. the decisions. I couldn't believe what he was doing that we won two 0 So it works. That's, that's why we end up being like what, what we are, the involuntary stuff like this. Because <laughs> yeah. we're, we're all fans, we've all got opinions and things, but, you know, that's why we don't get paid. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, for me, Robbins, not just Robbins, A.D. Vash, Dennis Lawrence, they're all, they're, all, they're all massive parts of the club. They, they, you know, and I think it's also the cohesiveness, the team spirit they instill in the players. It, it's more, you know, and they seem to get the best out of the players. And that's what, that's the great quality of Mark Robbins. He just, he, I don't know. It's just it, man management. I don't know what it is, but we always we always puts out a competitive side. But yeah, of course, Jokic is he's he's a massive player for us because he, he scored what nine ten goals a season now. He's he's easy our top goal scorer. We just don't we, at least we're getting goals from other parts. I mean, it's Jamie Owens is contributing a couple of goals. And I think he's he's done well. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think as I say, I think there's been a lot of talk on, on social media about. Sort of, you know, Jokic in particular, um, but he was similar to Callum O'Hare, wasn't it? At the start of the season, he was being linked heavily with Burnley, and, and obviously, maybe that injury was the reason why he didn't go. But you know, he's 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 doing well. So, yeah, this is. Do, do you reckon Jamie Allen runs everywhere? Um, I bet if you, if you saw him in the supermarket, you see him running around. Yeah, no, I, I think he's. I think he's. He's had a bit more to his game for that than that, though, because if you look at the goals he scored this season, he's got himself into good positions. You know, you look at the goal, um, it was at Blackburn. You know, it's a good cross Meckles, but he gets away He gets away from his mark and a nice little volley into the goal. He wasn't doing that last season. That was my criticism of Allen. He didn't really score many goals. At least he's got he a couple. To be, yeah, he, like Kieran said, he's so much energy and things like that. And but I think he's actually having more of an end product. He's got... He's already got two assists and two goals this season, yeah. so he's actually he's doing. He's well, that's what we need him to do. Really, he's a good player to have on the bench. Really, at times because you bring him on with twenty minutes to go and he just presses everyone down. I, I think he's one of these players where you don't really see what he does to the opposition because he does a lot of he does do a lot of running. At times, I've said, "Well, Allen's just ran all game, but he hasn't really done a lot." But yeah. he's. He is. He does seem to be up in his game. Yeah. No, I think I think he's been he's he's, he's been brilliant. Uh, so this season, um, say last few games in particular, I think he, he he's done a really good job. But um, I'm going to um, just change the sort of the subject now to the sort of second part of the show and just bring Kieran and talk about um, your um, the Dynamo project. So for those who obviously don't know much about Dynamo Pocket, um, I've Done a bit of reading online. It's obviously for people with addiction, but give us a bit more of a um, insight to those who are, to, to those who are listening about what you guys do with the Dynamo Project. Yeah, so uh, this is a project which I started about eighteen months ago, and it's to try and help people who struggle around addiction. I have a, I myself have a long history of uh, drug problems, 
um, when I was, I've been in and out of rehab uh, a lot of my life, and I, I could always, um, I could always get clean, but I could never. I always struggled to uh, remain clean and maintain that clean, and that's why I created the project is to try and help people maintain their newfound abstinence and sobriety. Because when when we leave rehab, sometimes we're just thrust back into society. And it's too much for people to take. And like the relapse rate is horrendous. You know, people that leave rehab, go back into the real world. They always end up back at rehab. So the project is to try and help people maintain their abstinence. And we do that um, based on a number of factors, one of which is uh, health and and, and healthy eating and and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And, And do you get many, have you had like many people that come to you for sort of help and advice? Every day, every day. Yeah. But it's like we don't. It's like um, I, I, we don't give advice to anybody. Uh, we never tell them what to do. We only tell them what we would do, yeah. and if it can yeah. work, if it can work for us, it can work for them. But like the, you know, when you take drugs, you get. Well, I'm not saying you guys do, but when I do, I get like a, an, a, an adrenaline rush. And the nearest thing I can describe it is if say City scored in the last minute. You know that rush of adrenaline you get, and that's yeah. the closest. Yeah. So when I go to the cop games now, it's just it's just fantastic, and it it's really helped me to be honest in terms of my ongoing battles. You know, to go to the cop game, to bring my daughter, I spend time with my mates. It's not it's more than just a game of football. It's the whole day. It's the going there with other people, being around the fans, and it's it's really good for my mental health. And I, I imagine it's for other people too. It's it's more than just a game. When people say, "Why do you love football so much?" I try and explain it's not just a football game, it's, it's, it's everything that comes with it, and that's why I go to cover as much as I can. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I actually second that because I mean, I in my case, I've got a job where I work um, day in, day out, day out from home, so I'm in front of a computer screen. And for me, going to a football game, like it's not just going to watch Commerce City play, it, as you say, it's the whole match day experience. It's like yesterday for me, I went to Dylan's, saw Danny there. Uh, saw a few other guys for the podcast and it's just nice to go out and socialize have a couple of drinks of drinks of beer or whatever you want to drink and it's just it's just a great experience i mean no beer for me no no (laughs) beer or coca-cola whatever you want to drink (laughs) it's it's like i've come when i was when i was a younger fan i'd be like i just want to win i don't you know i'm I'm all i want to win and of course i still like that now but it's more than just a game. It's it's the whole. I mean, even just creating this podcast channel, it's it's the fact that I'm meeting people that have got similar interests to myself. You've got things in common with people, and you can just talk to people about you know conference seat like we're doing right now. It's just it's just brilliant because it's just something. Unless you you know, it's like with all football fans. Unless you understand how football works and, and the whole match day experience, it's just it's hard to explain. But it's just I do love. The whole match day experience and it, as you say it's just great for your mental health it, it, it does have a great impact really but obviously everyone's different no not everyone's like us you know people got other interests and hobbies but uh you know um and obviously danny obviously you've talked openly about you know you've had gambling problems and obviously it this is a great thing isn't it this what what kieran's doing yeah i mean i was i was gambling for 25 years um i was a compulsive gambler um, fought, I think it was 40 I decided to to go to Gamblers Anonymous um, mm-hmm. I've now gone uh, four years literally uh, gamble free as soon as I 
went to Gamblers Anonymous, uh, I'd start. Um, but yeah, it's like I'd go to a football game, a Coventry game when I was gambling and I would be sort of losing money in the casino and I'd be having bets on the football. And the problem is you, you're not concentrating on the day. All you're doing is worrying about your bet and what, what you can win or what you're losing and things like that. So when you, be it sort of drugs, gambling, anything really, when you, when you stop, your head's in a, a much better place. Um, you just haven't got all the, the worries and things like that. I mean, in terms of gambling, it, it is one of those ones where it's almost like a bit of a silent killer, really, because, I don't know, if you're drunk, sometimes, you, the majority of the time, you can tell if someone's drunk or on drugs. You can sort of tell sometimes if they're on drugs, but in terms of gambling, you sort, of, sort of people hide it, really, and it's... It is a, it is bad, really. The the sort of the gambling side of things, but yeah, I've I stopped from sort of day one. I've improved sort of financially. I've I got myself into such a mess with. I think I had about twelve payday loans through gambling. Um, my debts were just totally out of control. I just I was lending money off of everyone really, and now I I don't gamble, and I've just got everything I need I've I've got so the only way really you you'll get anywhere really is just by hard work to be honest but it's great what what he's doing there is there's a lot of people out there that sort of they do need help I I remember when I was 23 years of age I I looked up Gamblers Anonymous and it took me almost 20 years to go so it's it's just Great it's, that, 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 it's that initial asking for help. So down at the do- at the project, we've got three floors. We've got counselling upstairs. Uh, we've got a fully kitted out gym downstairs, and on the middle floor, we've got a commercial coffee shop called Charlie's. So that's an environment where somebody can come into a coffee shop and they can try. They can speak to us in, in privacy. All they've got to do is come in and say to any member of staff, "I'm here to speak to Charlie." That's all they've got to say. Then they're asked no questions back. They'll just be invited to sit down. And that lets us know that they're here to speak about a sensitive issue because it's hard to go in somewhere and say, hi, I'm Kieran, I'm a drug addict, or hi, I'm Danny, I'm a gambling addict. It's not so easy as that. So we're trying to come up with a, a little initiative where people can come in and just say, I'm here to speak to Charlie. That's all they've got to say. And that tells us that they, they may need a little bit of support. It's brilliant, really. Like, I mean, I, when I went to some of these meetings... I was thinking, well, all these people are going to be like 65-year-old <laughs> gamblers, basically, look like tramps. I walked into a meeting and it's literally everyone of all ages, youngsters, sort of all sorts of different people. And the only way really you'll, you'll get out of it is by talking because if you, it, when I was gambling and things like that, I guess when you're on drugs, it just, everything just builds in your head. When you, when you speak to somebody straight away, your head's in a more sort of clearer place, and it, it's all about the it's it's all about uh, the reasons why you do what you do. Because yeah. if um, they say that you're a drug addict, but if if, if it was drugs were addictive, then surely every person that took drugs would end up addict, which isn't the case. It's yeah. all about the reasons why we're using drugs, the reasons why you were gambling. Until yeah. you address them, you won't see much progress, and that's what. Gamblers Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, whatever fellowship it is, that's what they're based around, addressing the reasons why we do what we do. 
and that's what we try and emphasize down at the project. Yeah. It's good you've got a gym as well because the, the best way really to improve sort of mental health is by sort of going out and exercising and eating yeah. healthily it puts you in a it puts you in a, a better mindset really. So we've, got, really we've, got a re- we've got residents that stay with us so they I deliver a day program to them at the project in town and part of the, the day program will that they all work in the coffee shop. So if somebody does come in who has issues with drugs, alcohol, whatever it may be, it's very likely that the person serving their coffee can relate to them. And it's very important that if they can see someone like them now giving back into the community, it gives them the impetus that if they can do it, maybe I can. Yeah. It's, um, just, it's amazing, really, what you can. I never thought that I would be, I'd be able to, to stop, to be honest. I've done it all my life, and I just stopped from, from day one. But you do, you can, you can't get too complacent when you stop any of them because you can easily go back to it and it's just stopping that first, for me it's stopping having that first bet or for someone else it's sort of stopping that first drink. You you can't sort of say I'm going to be, I don't know, I'm going to gamble sensibly. You just have to stop. For me, I couldn't, I couldn't just have a bet on the lottery and things like that. I just stop. Stay away from the first one. The first one, the first bet, the first drink, the first line does all the damage. You're back on it. You're back on it straight away. Yeah. Yeah. And for those um, who want to come, like, come to your, um, I say, clinic, whereabouts are you based in Coventry? Just where, do you know where Ann Summers is? Right. Everyone knows yes. where Ann Summers is. We're, we're two doors up from Ann Summers on Hartford Street. Okay. Uh, we're on yeah. Facebook. We're on, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we've got a website. Um, they can contact us in any 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 way that they can. They can, they can just walk in, literally yeah. walk into the coffee shop, yeah. and then we can we can uh, we can take it we can take over from there. Yeah. Well, what we'll do is we'll, we'll obviously we'll, we'll put the email address out and the, the website address should I say out on the, our social media channels just so that um, whoever wants to contact you anonymous, anonymously. And they can do just so we can get the message out because I think it's very very important that, and I think what you're doing is absolutely brilliant because it, it it's it's great for um, if you can be proactive and try and stop you know these addictions from getting worse and I think that's that's a great. We're going thing. into um, we're going into the schools next week and we're yeah. going to you know talk to the students. I think that a lot of drug work tends to be reactive, you know, after it's already yeah. happened. Yeah. We need to get more proactive, but yeah, we'll see how, we'll see how we get on. Yeah, that's, that's that's bang on. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's trying to, because I think you know they're sort of teenagers around sort of know thirteen, fourteen when they start to sort of start using technology and that. Um, well, and you know, I don't know. It's just because it, it, when when you work with a drug addict and you get them clean and you see their life changing, you can you can, it's easy to measure that success. You can tell yeah. the world this this is how he was. We've worked with him and this is where we are. So it's easy to measure. But when you're working with kids. How do you measure it, whether you were successful or not? You, yeah. You'll never know what, what you've done has helped that child. But that's what yeah. it should be all about. It's completely selfless. It doesn't need to be a result. It's all about yeah. planting seeds and, uh, and working in that environment. Rather than yeah. It's not about showing the world this is what we have done. It's about working with children and trying to uh, raise the awareness around addiction in, in people of a younger age than rather than work with the people that are already on drugs. Yeah, I think yeah, it's the same. Think with also, it's also, school. Go on, Danny. Go on. 
just saying, like, in schools and that, like, if you look at it in terms of it gambling, all you see on the telly is youngsters in pubs with mobile phones making out as if it's cool to gamble. And I haven't got kids myself, but you see all these kids nowadays, like under 18, they're all playing these games, even like sort of four or five-year-olds, they're playing games for coins on their on their phones and um, laptops and things like that and tablets. Like, that's going to lead them to, when they're 18, you're not going to want to play for coins anymore. You want to play for sort of real money. So it's, I have known sort of people go to schools with, with the gambling as well because you need to sort of drum it into them at an early age, really. So it's a great idea to go in about drugs and things like that. But with gambling, your whole life can be over in a press of a button. Yeah. That's the danger with gambling. One click of a button, your life could be over. It's yeah. mad. It's just because you, you don't think... You can lose real. everything. Yeah. It's... yeah. I think... I, mean, I, I remember I went, I went, I've seen, I've heard like Paul Merson talk a bit about gambling and, you know, because obviously professional football is back in them days, I guess it's the same thing in today's football. They've got so much time in their hands because obviously they only train for what, three or four hours a day or whatever it is. And he got, he got down, he went down a very, very slippery slope where, you know, he got, he, he kind of met people who were just taking to, you know, the nearest lab works and, and, and off he went. He just, then that's how the bug started. And I think it's, as you say, it's so important to sort of be proactive and get that messaging, you know, nip it in the bud before the issue gets worse. Because, you know, it's, it, you know, you've got you've, you've got to try and nip it in the bud early, don't you, really? That's, that's just the key thing with, with a lot of this. We, we need to get the point across that addiction isn't about the substances. It's not about the drugs or the alcohol. It's not about the, the gambling itself. The addiction will... Because now I look back on my life and I can see signs of my addiction way before I picked up a drug. And Danny might see signs of it way before he put a bet on. It's just mm-hmm. understanding that it, it it's whatever whatever works the way it does in our head is why we it's like some people can gamble and, and, and leave it alone, can't they? They just gamble, mm-hmm. they put an accumulator on. It doesn't take over their life. Yeah, Danny it took over his life. But why is mm-hmm. that? There's something going on underneath the surface that led Danny into that way of life. Yeah. And a lot of these signs would happen. A lot of this would start in school. Yeah. I mean, I was I was basically gambling sort of when I was sort of eight or nine. I was going into arcades as a youngster and things like that. As, so it just sort of led on when I was 18. It, you, and the, the worst thing as well with the gambling is sort of the, the, the online and the sort of the fixed odd terminals in in bookies and things like that. I mean, I just... How do you feel about our shirt sponsor when it was announced? Um, To start with, I sort of... I didn't think I would buy a shirt and then I just thought, <laughs> I'm not going to... At the end of the day, if it had a Jaguar on front of it, I'm not going to buy a Jaguar car. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just sort of went with it, if you know what I mean. But I do think there should be an option of the shirt without the sponsor. I think the club done some training kits this season, which were almost identical to the, I think one of the goalkeeper tops is almost identical without the sponsor. But yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, a difficult one, but I just saw I think that there's something coming in next season, the season after about uh, uh, bookies and sponsorship. I'm not quite sure what, what that entails, but something is changing in the very yeah. near future about uh, how, how, how they relate to football clubs. Yeah, I think, I think they are. 
Yeah, because I think the interesting point is that if you look at, if you go to the club shop, for example, um, you can buy a junior kit, but it won't yeah, my daughter's hasn't got a sponsor on it. You won't have a sponsor on it. Um, yeah, which I think is good because that that you don't. I mean, it's 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 good. And it's not good because in the, the day they'll still see it. They'll still see fans walking on the streets. They'll see the players with 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 you know Boyle Sports. Now, and obviously, as a kid, you'd be like, "Well, who's Boyle Sports? What do they do?" And obviously, you know, once once the parent starts to explain to them, then it's you know that kind of plants the seed in their head. And that that's, I, I yeah, I think that there needs to be something to possibly you know outlaw it. Um, I mean, I, oh, I, I love the I love the Paddy Power adverts. You know, on the telly, Paddy Power do great adverts. Yeah, you ever seen yeah. one? They're really funny. Yeah. But... It's just it's, it's more of a yeah, it's just like a jokey kind of advert, and it's just, yeah. kind of, it's just comedy, you know. I mean, I I I I I'll, I put the odd sort of accumulator on sort of five pounds every now and again, but I'm I'm quite strict about it. But that's just me. I'm I'm like if I you know if I put more than five pound, I'd be like you know. I don't, I don't want to lose ten pounds, sort of thing. So, I think I think it's not to say you can't bet. I just think you just got to be disciplined in in how you want to do it. Like I just I just say it's a bit of fun. It's like I go and do the lots. Is, is it no, Mark? No. Is the re, the re, the reason why you put a bet on would have been different to Danny's. That's why the yeah. outcome was different. You put it on for yeah. a bit of fun. Danny put yeah. it on for whatever reason was going oh, exactly. on for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all about the yeah. reasons why. Yeah. The only thing yeah. I don't like about the club is. Sometimes the club will put like they'll tweet about gambling, like put this bet on and like yeah. if Cop win three and then, and I don't like the way they was they were selling some merchandise, I think it was mugs and things like that with the gambling sponsor on. I thought that was a little bit too much. But the thing is the gambling companies do give a lot of money in sponsorship. So it is a difficult a difficult one really, because they do give us they are the main sponsors in the league, aren't they? So, and I, and I think they are pretty good with the campaigns they run around gambling awareness. But I think they have to do that by law. But there's, the, you know, there's pros. There's alcoholics out there, but you can go buy alcohol. No one, that's not really a big deal. Is alcohol's everywhere? So I don't think yeah. it's really different because the gambling companies. There are a lot of there are a lot of people that can gamble sensibly, to be honest, and things like that. I mean, I, I just couldn't control it. There are a lot of people that can have an accumulator and things like that. Would, but there are sort of probably hundreds of thousands of people that just, uh, they can't control it. Mm. Uh, I've just got one, one comment in from Fetty about you know, Paddy Power giving the users free bet builders for every England game during the World Cup. I mean, those kind of adverts draw addicts in too because there's always that temptation to... Yeah, you know, saying here you go, saying to an alcoholic, there you go, here's a free pint of beer. And of course, you have one pint of beer and you're going to want to have many more. And I think that's the problem is they're trying to lure people in to spend money. And that, that, that's the problem. It, it, it's, it, yeah, you know, I, I, I see what they're trying to do. But the problem is, is that it, it, it's fine for someone like me because I'm, I'm quite disciplined. But it's, it's, it's all about the individual person because, you know, you have me and Danny, you know, Danny's situation was different from mine. So I, I, I can see why they're doing it, but at the same time, I, I, I see the other argument as well because it then leads, you know, gam- people with gambling problems back into that addiction and then, then, then it goes down that vicious circle again. And it's, well, you know, Danny it's, can put a bet on it whenever... He, Danny could put a bet on right now if he wants to. That, that hasn't gone away, but he must have done some work on himself, which means that he doesn't have to bet no more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I obviously went to meetings twice a week. I 
sort of change your email address and things like that and even change your phone number so you don't get all the sort of the messages from Paddy Power and things like that and put things like Gamblock on your phone so you can't use, like, you can't go onto betting websites or if you are struggling and you, you can't control your money, ask your partner to sort of look after your money or get really get rid of your smartphone. If you're gambling online, get rid of your smartphone and just you have a, a small knock of your phone or get things like a, a Monzo card so you your partner knows where all your money's going. The thing mm. is you you've got to put all the all the blocks in place. You've got to put all the as much effort into non gambling or sort of taking drugs as you were when you were doing it. Yeah. Oh, I think we've almost lost Danny after his internet's gone a bit. Oh, I think he's back. Um, is, is it, is, so is, is the Dino Project open like 24-7, Kieran, or is it just like sort of hours in the it, day? It's, hours, it's open Monday, Saturday, 8 till 4. Um, okay. But they, we can be, you can like contact us on email whenever you want. Okay. Uh, through the website, we've got referral, but yeah, eight till four, Monday to Saturday, the coffee shop's open, and I'm, I'm pretty, I'm there pretty much every day. My colleague Rosie's there, and Pete will be there. So okay. honestly, if anyone struggles with it, anything like that, I haven't got all the answers. If I don't no. know, I'll say I don't know. No. But I have got, I have got experience of doing what I need to do to stay clean. Yeah, yeah. No, that, and that, as I say, I think it's, it's it's a fantastic project, and um, I think it's great that. Uh, you're putting back in society and it's great to hear about you're your, your going to the schools as well because I think that's really, really important that, you know, we have a future where kids are not drawn into gambling or drinking or whatever, you know, bad addiction it is and, you know, we have a healthier, more pros prosperous future and obviously, um, and this is actually a good time of the year with Christmas upcoming as well because people tend to drink more as well with, 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 uh, with Christmas on the horizon that people just got to, we're all, we're, all, we're all responsible adults, and I think it's important that um, we just don't. Whoever's um, in that situation, you know, gets gets the help and attention they need to understand the underlying causes, as, as, as what you you know alluded to earlier. Because that's that's right. the thing; it's all about the underlying causes. It's not. It's not. The, I mean, you know, it's not about the symptoms. It's about why. Why? What's the reason behind it? That I think is. The, the, the key the, the main message that you're trying to you know tell everyone which which i'm you know totally agree but with. i have people coming to me and they say oh, I'm, I'm i'm a cocaine addict i go you're not a cocaine addict it's medically impossible to be addicted to cocaine yeah you're just an addict and for whatever reason you go to cocaine to try and change the way yeah. that you feel and stuff like that so addiction is more to do with the reasons rather than the substances yeah yeah exactly yeah because taking cocaine is just the symptom that you're doing but it's not the reason you say there's a there's a reason behind why you're taking cocaine what was in your lifestyle that's leading to you to that situation what's what's yeah. in your life and uh, that's that's the key thing i think for me i think it's it's for, it's, it's, it's it's for people to recognize that 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 sort of behavior and 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 get the help they need as you say you're not you're not you're not a doctor or anything like that but all you can do is no. give your, your advice your experience and and try and put people in a better position and then you know, yeah, we used to the I was, I was on drugs. For, I was on drugs for a lot. I was on drugs for a lot of years. So yeah. I used to be. I was. I was a police officer in Coventry for a, for a, a long time. But then uh, the wheels fell off. But being being a, a, a drug addict doesn't define me. How I respond to that does. And yeah. today I respond to it in a, in a better way. So that's yeah. all I can I mean, tell people. Yeah, well, I think I think yourself and Danny are, are great sort of you know good good role models for. How to turn your life around and how to, um, you know, 
you know, make a negative and make it into a positive sort of thing, you know, to, just to learn from the past mistakes and, and become a better person for it. And I think that's the most important thing. Because look, at the end of the day, none of us are perfect in life. We all make mistakes in life. You know, things happen, you know, but if you can learn from it and recognise it and turn it around, then I think that's to your credit. Yeah, that, that's my view anyway. The only mistake you'll make in life is going through life thinking you won't make one. Everyone makes mistakes yeah. every single yeah. day. Yeah, exactly. Apart yeah. from Mark Robbins. No, Mark Robbins is the genius. <laughs> he's, he's the genius. In my eyes, he'll never make any mistakes because you know, <laughs> I love him. Yeah. Um, but um, look, I think it's been really, really good chat. Get good, good chat about this tonight. And um, what we'll do is I say is at the end of this show, we'll, we'll plug this on social on our social media channels just so we get people get the message out there to people. But if they want help, if they want advice, this is the link. This is the contact details. And you know, it's up to the individual person. But I, I think it's a really good initiative. And you know, congratulate your work for it. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. I'll, um, when I go to my meetings, I'll sort of mention it because there are some people that have got sort of dual addictions and things like that so i'll mention it as well yeah yeah, yeah no problem we'll, we'll try our best to help anyone that we can but as long as they want to help themselves without Definitely that i can't do, i can't do anything totally agree i may as well talk to that brick wall <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah exactly just you know as long as you feel better about it but yeah it, it's good to know it's good to know that there is sort of you know help because that's that our, out there I'll finish on this. Our name's Dynamo. It's an acronym. Dedicate yourself down. Miracles occur. Yeah. It's all about how much effort you put in. And if you put the effort in, the project can support you around that and get to where you need yeah. to be. Superb. Yeah, that's brilliant. Well, um, yeah, well, as I say, thank, thanks, Kieran, for your time tonight. It's been, re it's been a really, really good uh, discussion. And, um, you know, as I say, congratulations on the work and, and keep up the good work. And Danny, thank, All right. thank, thank, thanks for your honesty as usual. And um, as you say, it's it, it's really good that you've you've turned you turned things around, and uh, long may that continue. So yeah, thank, thanks, Danny. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you. All right, see you later. Cheers, yeah, yeah cheers, Kieran. Bye, bye. Cheers, bye. 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 All right. So um, just change the subject. So next show um, we Sunday seven thirty. Um, it's kind of a similar show to kind of tonight, a bit of a review of the season so far. We'll be talking about things like sort of best commentary games, and then we're we'll looking at um, best Cobb 11s, a um, bit more depth, but we'll go into a bit more detail as the week goes on. But uh, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's show. I hope it's been informative. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll plug the message for the Dynamo Project. So, uh, yeah, thanks to our guests tonight, Reece Small, Kieran from Dynamo Project, Danny White. Thank, thank you for your time tonight. It's been really, really good. Um, so I'll speak to you. We'll speak to you on Sunday, 7.30, and um, we'll look forward to having you on board. Thank you. Perhaps God bless. These are sky blue days. These are sky blue days. The CBS and the SBA will fight to the end and lead the way. Sing out together. Sky Blue Fans TV, for the fans, by the fans.